0: It's now eight minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network when conflict arises in your workplace, in your organization, maybe even in your own family for that matter. Uh, well, oftentimes the word fairness or whatever is fair that comes into play. Uh, but Bill English, professor at University of Northwestern St. Paul, publisher of Bible and Business dot com, he says strive for agreements, make that the goal, not uh, the pursuit of fairness. Why is that? Why, why, uh, why go for an agreement if even if it doesn't seem fair?
1: Well, I you know. Um A, because fairness is elusive. It's a concept that is uh, different in everybody's mind. What's fair to one isn't fair to another. And when you're – this article, by the way, is written from a a small business perspective, and I'm talking to the business owner. So what I was trying to say is you're probably never going to reach fairness all the time. Mm -hmm. So let's just go after an agreement, try to get people to agree in order to resolve the conflict and move on.
0: Being fair shouldn't necessarily be your top priority. If you ignore the fairness issue, what's fair for you and what's fair for me, how you define it, how I define it, if we have a conflict and we just say, well, we'll just agree to this, do sometimes, does that entail overlooking certain kinds of injustices? I mean, do things get swept under the rug, in other words? You know, you hope
1: you don't overlook injustices, but sometimes
0: you have to just overlook a
1: few things in order to reach an agreement and move on. Uh, whether it's between two employees or whether it's between your business and a vendor or your business and a customer, um, you know, fairness is often not something that uh, everybody's going to agree on.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, we we have a conflict. We agree that uh, we'll focus on an agreement. Let's just get uh, um, uh, I'll just get uh, an agreement in place here uh, and uh, come to some set of terms that you and I can agree on. Where do we go from there?
1: Well, then then we fulfill the terms of the agreement, and we agree to do whatever it is or not do whatever it is that we're going to do or not do, and we just move
0: on. Is it that simple, though? I mean, it, it, it well, seems like uh, there's plenty that could go awry.
1: Well, there's always things that can go awry, even if people even, Let's – let's say, for example, that you reach an agreement that everybody thought was fair. Mm-hmm. There are still things that can go wrong with that after everybody has, has reached an agreement. So it just seems to me that, um, that when, when you're working in business and you're working with different personalities, if you can reach an agreement that everybody thinks is fair, go for it. But if you can't reach fairness, at least reach the agreement. I think that's the thrust of, of what I'm trying to say in the article. Mm-hmm.
0: Bill English, publisher of Bibleandbusiness.com, dot com, who is also a professor at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. He's uh, in studio with us here at the Faith Radio Network. What do you say to the organizational leader? I know you're you're writing to a small business owner, but maybe it's, uh, somebody who leads a nonprofit organization, um, uh, runs a small company with only you know two or three employees or contractors, what have you. But they just feel like it's them versus everybody else. The whole team is just waging war against them and saying, "This is unfair. We don't like this." How do you? How do you advise that uh, individual running that little organization?
1: Well, in any conflict resolution, you want to sit down individually with the players and you want to ask them, okay, from your perspective, what is the problem? Help me to find the problem. And then what would be the optimal solution for you? And you hear them out. And I would say a lot of times people use the fair-unfair continuum as a fallback measure to really say, I'm not being heard, I'm not being listened to. And, uh, people will actually adjust their idea of what fair is if they feel like the process that you're using to reach an agreement is one in which, uh, everybody is heard and everybody's, uh, disparate and sometimes mutually exclusive needs and ideas are accounted for. I think then people can adjust what they say is fair and say, yeah, you know, we, we, we have reached something that's, that's fair. But, as the leader, you got to listen to each person individually, find common ground, and then pull them together and say, okay, now can we agree on this common ground?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, one of the issues that you hit on in your latest writing on this subject, Bill English, is this disparity. And it is a very uh, – you touched on it and you hit on it. Just uh, uh, you hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Um, there is – Uh, A lack of agreement, and this is a very philosophical debate as I see it, but a lack of agreement in our country as to whether it is fair to strive to extend equal opportunity to all those in an organization uh, or equal outcomes to everybody. In other words, uh, uh, should I have the opportunity to be productive and earn a bonus or should we all just get bonuses because we're here? That's, That's maybe one of the ways it plays out. How do you advise a leader to navigate that terrain, realizing that our whole culture is at odds over that issue?
1: You know, uh, and that issue pervades business in in a big, big, big way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you strive for equality of results, you will necessarily injure some at the expense of others. You'll have to redistribute something in order to achieve some kind of equality of results. I'm a big uh, proponent of equality of opportunity, not equality of results. Problem is, is that some people believe that you have to have equality of results in one area in order to achieve equality of opportunity in another area. This is one of the core. Um, uh, Arguments in the healthcare debate a few years ago, where people were saying that if I, if I don't even have access to good healthcare, how can I then uh, go pursue a job or, or pursue a career or pursue school or something like that? So they saw equality of outcomes, equality of results in the healthcare area, as being foundational to achieving equality of opportunity in another area. Now I, we, you know, we we can. Uh, people of good faith can have uh, reasonable disagreements there but that was something that they were going after this is something that pervades our culture austin you know this you've written a book uh, that that also touched on this in your capitalism book and this is something that uh that we are spending trillions of dollars trying to figure out as as, as a country
0: yeah so that said Uh, How do you make an appeal to God's perspective of fairness? We we hear what you're saying, that uh, in conflict we should strive for agreement and set aside our own definitions of fairness. And yet, I'd like to think, and I do believe this, that our Christian faith and God's revelation in the Scriptures actually lead us to a sense of fairness and help define it for us. How do you how do you apply that in your view? See, I don't think God's sense of fairness is
1: anything close to ours. In other right. words, I think we're out of step with what where the Lord is on this. I I can't find any script. Maybe maybe somebody can call in or email you or I. I can't find any scriptures that talk about. Us needing to strive for fairness. I mean, the entire gospel is unfair in a in in a in a way at a, at one level to God. Uh, you know, He paid for our sins. That wasn't fair to Him. And when we forgive others, we're simply uh, agreeing to live with the hurt that they have caused us without us trying to get retribution back at them. That's well. not fair. When you go to Matthew twenty and you look at the at the parable there, maybe we should talk about this on the other side of the break. Uh, we find that fairness is uh, completely different in God's mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's talk about that very different perspective of uh, fairness as we continue. It's now 16 past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network that you're listening to. Our great friend Bill English, adjunct professor at University of Northwestern St. Paul. He publishes Bibleandbusiness.com. Uh, offering some wisdom on a serious issue that uh, most all of us will experience at one time or another—probably lots of times over the course of our adult careers—conflict in the workplace. Let's uh, let's uh, get more in just moments. It's the Faith Radio Network. Don't go away. It's now 19 past the hour at the Faith Radio Network. And I'm Austin Hill. Great to have you with us. Breakpoint with John Stone Street on the way in just a few moments. Bill English who is an adjunct professor at University of Northwestern St. Paul, also the publisher of Bibleandbusiness.com. He has written on the issue of workplace conflicts, and we'll make sure to get that on the at Morning Austin Twitter account so you can see what he's written there. You can find him anytime at Bibleandbusiness.com. Uh, this issue of equality, and here's a hot topic right now, even in uh, the uh, current uh, electoral season of choosing another president that's underway, income inequality. Now, Bill English, I'm with you. I don't see any biblical basis. And I even wrote this in my own economics book, uh, The Virtues of Capitalism. I don't see a biblical foundation for our culture's definition of equality. But you cite the uh, uh, parable uh, noted in Matthew chapter 20 as giving us some some wisdom on uh, what what is equality, or what is fairness, anyway, when it comes to labor disputes. Comment further, if you would.
1: Well, in in Matthew 20, we have the parable of the vineyard, or the the workers in the vineyard, where some go in and work for 12 hours, and then the owner goes out and finds others at midday, and they work for six hours, and he still finds others uh, and has them work for two hours, and at the end of the day, he pays everybody the same thing. And the ones who work for 12 hours complain that, hey, we work longer, we should get more pay. And the owner's response is, look, did I not pay you what we agreed to pay? You know, uh-huh. I, I, I fulfilled my part of the agreement. I'm being fair. Take your money and, and go and go on your way. And uh, to me, what that says is, is two. I, I, I gather two things out of this parable. Number one, God's generosity is not based on our effort. <clears throat> and number two, when you fulfill the terms of your agreement, you are being fair uh, even if your agreement with somebody else is radically different, and if you were to look at the two agreements, you would say, well, you're treating one differently than the other. But within the agreement, if you uh, fulfill your terms of the agreement, in essence, you're being fair within that agreement.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is a, a tough one, and we're not going to uh, solve it all here, obviously, in a segment on the radio. But uh, I would like for you to get over to At Morning Austin and check out this writing from Bill English. You can find it at com as well. All right, so uh, action steps for those of us who say... Hey. We do have a conflict in our organization, in my office, or in the organization that I lead. Um, first one, two, three steps. Uh, walk us through them, if you would. Well, this is what I do now at the Platinum Group. I head
1: up the uh, the practice on conflict resolution in business. And mm-hmm. so what we try to do is to first come in, come in and help uh, help folks set aside what their concept of fairness is and say, look, we're just going to try and reach an agreement. If we can reach what's fair, great, but we're going to focus on... Uh, an agreement. And so we do try to understand what each party thinks is fair, uh-huh. and then from there <clears throat> we're going to go in and try to find a trade-off that both sides can agree on uh, that reaches the essence of of, what, of of resolving the conflict that both parties can also live with and live up to. And then thirdly, um, uh, we ask them to fulfill that, uh, that agreement. Uh, we also, many times, will ask people to give up the right to be right in, in instead. In conflict resolution, a lot of times, especially in protracted legal battles, you know, I start out uh, the, this post about T. Boone Pickens, uh, you know, suing Canada for $700 million. You know, sometimes you just have to give up the right to be right and instead just go after what's what, what you can agree to. So that is what I would say. Meet with the folks. Uh, try to reach an agreement individually, and then try to reach an agreement corporately with them.
0: Yeah, yeah very interesting. I, I note here, uh, just the observation, <laughs> you're saying in terms of action steps, when we recognize there's conflicts in our midst, the first step, it, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, is to listen.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're the guy or the gal who has to mediate this thing, yeah, the last thing you want to do is draw judgments. The first thing you want to do is just listen. What is each party thinking? What are they feeling? What's their experience of it? And really try to understand them and and their world. And that will help you reach an agreement, and hopefully a fair one, but reach an agreement faster.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And that's countercultural as well, because my goodness, in the world of social media, I can just pop off about everything and express my special opinion about my meal that I had last night and how I feel at this moment and whatever. I mean, that that listening is, I would say, a very godly attribute, but uh, a tough one for a lot of us and kind of countercultural. Your thoughts? You know, never have so many had so
1: much to say to so few who were not listening. I think that's social media.
0: Uh-huh. Really, it is. I'm with you. Nonetheless, I'm going to put your blog post on at Morning Austin on Twitter, because it can be a useful because. tool. Yeah. Listen, uh, last time we talked, you were uh, preparing to convene uh, some meetings in the yeah. Twin Cities areas yeah. uh, to talk about, uh, to, to meet with would-be business owners and entrepreneurs. You're, you have a passion to make more of that happen, as do I. What's going on with that? Well,
1: Saturday morning, I still got a couple spots, maybe three spots left. I'm trying to meet with people who want to start businesses or who are just starting businesses, and I really want to go over what not to do mm-hmm. uh, and, and some of the mistakes that you need to avoid as well as by contrasting what, what you should do. It's three hours long. Um, I won't say where we're going to meet on the air, but if you contact me at bill at bible dot com, my email address, uh, we, we can certainly talk about it. It's free. I'm, not, I'm just giving my time away. This mm-hmm. is one of the ways I'm giving back to the community. And uh, so if you're interested in starting a business, if you have a good business idea, I'd love to have you there on Saturday morning.
0: Love to do it, Bill at Business dot com. Find Bill English at that website. And uh, again, um, I, I have uh, many of the same misgivings about social media, but nonetheless, I hope you'll follow us at Morning Austin. <laughs> you'll find Bill English's writing there. Oh, and by the way, uh, start following at Bible and Business. That's a useful. If there's only at, two Twitter accounts in the world that you pay attention to, let at, those be them. It's at Bible Business. At Bible Business. See how quickly we can run into conflict. Anyway, <laughs> listen, good to see you. Thanks you uh, Thanks for your wisdom. Great to uh, talk bet. to you. Take care. 26 past the hour from Faith Radio. I'm Austin Hill.